Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself And there's some stories I can tell you I had to fail, had to fall just for what I did well And there's some stories I can tell you It is the final Word World Cup Daily, day 46. The final day of this tournament. It's the final at Umdabub between India and Australia. We're here as always. Westfield London and Westfield Stratford City, more extra, less ordinary. I'm Adam Collins. Jeff's at the stadium. Goodness me. Tell us about that in 30 seconds, please. Pat Cummins wins the toss and decides to bowl. What are you doing, you lunatic? What? Why? Why? You can't do this. He did it anyway. Uh, Shubman Gill's out early, but that doesn't matter. Rohit Sharma's smashing them. Uh, Virat Kohli cruises to a 50. They're going to make a million. Um, but then uh, Rohit Sharma's out. Maxwell has him caught in the deep. Kohli goes on to 50. He chops on. What doing? Kale Rahul has to grind his way to 66. Doesn't get much support lower down the order. They're all out for 240, 241. It's just like 2019. And then Australia, they're three down. They're in trouble. Warner's out. Marsh is out. But Travis Head just makes 137 spinning on his dick and uh, they chase it down with three wickets down minus Lovie Shane slow 50 doesn't matter Australia 241 they win they win end of the rap but how did that happen that was not supposed to happen we knew Buster Douglas knocked out Mike Tyson this was this was not this was not the result that was supposed to take place it wasn't we knew it wasn't this this game was built for India to win and to be crowned in front of their adoring crowd which was very loud and very copious and somehow Australia coped and got through it and did it in the end in what seemed like a routine, comfortable ODI win. The most remarkable thing about it is that it was not remarkable, really, when you look at the final scorecard. Yeah, I mean, there is so much, right? It's going to take ages to record this podcast. Let's lead into it. We're in no hurry. We're in no hurry. Uh, Australia win by six wickets. They win in the 43rd over. Glenn Maxwell uh, hits the winning runs for a second World Cup, having done so in... In, uh, in Dubai a couple of years ago in the T20 format of the game. I know it's hard to immediately put things into historical context and sometimes recency bias can can play a role there and you get it slightly wrong. I'm pretty confident saying this is Australia's greatest white ball moment. Um, in all the World Cup triumphs across the six one-day World Cups they've won and the T20 World Cup a couple of years ago, there have been special moments, 99, of course, with what happened against South Africa. But for the sheer unexpected nature of it, it was put to me earlier tonight, and I reckon this is about, about spot on. This is the America's Cup moment from 1983. You know, the unexpected triumph against the, you know, air quotes, evil empire and all the rest of it, um, winning in the way they did at a stadium that was, I mean, at full capacity, whatever you want to call that, 92,500 people, I think, were there. Um, To do it after losing wickets early in the chase, there was the wobble uh, that was anticipated. It was never going to be easy. But then for Travis Head to bat the way he did, 
yeah, that, that's my first impression. First blush. I don't think it gets mm. any better than this for Australian cricket. I, I just can't. I can't conceive of a scenario where it would be better than this. Well, it, particularly, say, if you look at 50-over World Cups for that men's team. Made the final in 75. West Indies weren't that good yet at that point. Um, and it was at Lords, you know, neutral ground. It was a bit of a carnival affair. Um, the one in 87, they're underdogs, kind of, but they're against England in Kolkata, uh, both teams away from home. And then the ones that they, they win after 87, all four of those are ones that Australia is expected to win the final. Um, they're all in neutral venues when it comes to the other team involved. They'd never had a degree of difficulty like this in a World Cup finals. Out of yeah, the six yeah. that they've won, this is by far and away the most difficult. This was the one, like I said, yeah. that was that was set up in a way that nobody else was supposed to win it except for India. It was supposed to be Indian conditions. It was supposed it was a surface that was supposed to be make the home team comfortable, and it just didn't work. Nothing nothing worked out in that regard. India's spinners didn't take a wicket between them. I mean, I I was convinced that's where the game was going to be lost. Even when they had 240 on the board, I thought that's plenty mm. for India because my rationale was okay. Warner, Head, Marsh, they can score quickly against the new ball. If they take a huge bite out of it like they did against South Africa, then the middle order might be able to stagger over the line. If those three don't do that, then they're going to get shut down by spin through the middle. Jadeja's got it over Smith and Labuschagne. Kuldeep has got it mm. over Maxwell. We, we saw you know, the left arm wrist spin with Shamsi doing Maxwell in, in the semi-final. Um, and and they'll, they'll be able to get on top of Australia there. Not only did that not happen, it didn't happen spectacularly. I mean, you know, Maxwell didn't have to face Kuldeep because uh, all of the runs had been knocked off by two by the time he got out there. The... the the spinners were ineffective. I wonder how much dew had an effect. I was just down on the ground before mm. doing the boundary line interviews and it was very wet. The grass was very wet down there. The ball did turn a bit. Kuldeep was getting it to turn somewhat, but um, not, not not prodigious turn. It didn't look as threatening. Um, so how much of that was, was to do with dew and so on, I don't know. But that point about the top three needing to do it, well, two of them didn't, um, but Travis Head did. He just got all the runs on his own, basically. I feel like we're going to spend a lot of time talking about Travis Hebb. Just to go back to the start again. So the due reference you made there, um, I, I, that must have played a role in Pat Cummins' thinking. And what a high degree of difficulty that manoeuvre is, right? I mean, I've never been, in all the cricket I've watched across my 39 years on this planet, I've never been more shocked at the result of a toss than that. I'm like, absolutely. Did, did you just misspeak, Pat? All of us did were. Did you misspeak? Yeah. I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a sauce. We're going yeah. to have a bowl. We're going to have a Guy Rundle. Yeah. No, I did not see that coming uh-huh. in, in any scenario. But... Very quickly, it got explained to me by smart people like Ben Jones. It's extremely wet outside in the evening right now. And this, if you were taking it being India and being the World Cup final out of the equation, bowl first was a strong option. And that's where I really admire Pat Cummins. He wasn't going to let the big decision he had to make at the toss be dictated by India. He was going to make it on his terms and try and win the game his way. And with that uh, the Ferrari that has been the fast bowling group. These three quicks that have taken Australia from the 2015 cycle. I know that Cummins didn't play in the final, but effectively that same group yep. over the last eight years have been so instrumental to Australia's success as a test playing nation. Um, he's like, no, no, we can win this World Cup. And so it proved. Some of the reverse swing bowling today was outstanding. The fact that we thought Hazelwood might have been out of the game entirely when he was off the field for seven mm-hmm. overs at one stage early on. And we'll come to those um, touch points in a moment when we go through the game in more depth. But Cummins to make that call knowing that if he gets it wrong, he's not 
uh, naive to the history of the game. You bowl first in India Rack Up 400. You never live it down. It's mm. your defining legacy as captain. All the good stuff that he's done, the retention of the Ashes, the World Test Championship win, winning in Pakistan, all of that will go out the window. He'll forever be remembered as the guy who bowled first Nasser in 93,000 people. Nasser insane, you know, all that mm. kind of thing. And he's like, I'll take on that risk. I'll carry that risk because I believe that we can win the game the alternative way. It's a stunning heist when you put it into those um, terms, remembering yeah. that it's never taken... He's never had much leeway as captain. There's the, the baggage that he has from when he took it over with Langer and that generation of past players who will never forgive him for that. Um, you know, there's the crazies out there like Morris Newman and all that lot who have never um, given him anything because of the perception that he's, you know, Captain Planet and too woke for, and all the rest, all that bullshit, right? So he, he, he getting something as big as this wrong could have been terminal for his captaincy, mm. but instead... Uh, he walks away looking an absolute genius. So we, you know, everybody in that commentary box when he called all looked at each other immediately with like, what, what, what did he say? Because yeah. two things here, and and it, you don't, we don't have the counterfactual, right? So, so in my thinking was Australia's best chance here is to bat first, head Warner Marsh, yep. have that axis, get you know a hundred off the first. 12, 15 overs, dominate early and then chip up whatever you can, try to get up to 300, pressure runs on the board or whatever. Now, that might have worked. It might have worked just fine. It's not to say sure, that that would sure. have been the wrong decision to do that. But to give India first use when it's all this whole World Cup has all been about Rohit Sharma and Virat Kohli making a shitload of runs um, and everybody else batting around <laughs> them and having it work perfectly. Now, Shubman Gill gets out early for four. Stark, you know, ball that sits up. Clubs at the mid on Zampa, rare foray inside the circle for Adam Zampa. By the way, I, I, I was calling that. I almost did a double take because I was like, "It's caught by Zampa." Zampa? Is that Zampa? What are you doing here? You know, it's like I don't. Know, it's like you get home and your mate who doesn't live at your house is just sitting on the couch drinking a beer or something. And you're like, you're "Like, well, I mean, I, I know who you are, but why are you here at this particular moment in time? That doesn't seem right." Anyway, takes that catch, and and it felt like that didn't particularly matter. Shubman Gill can come and go like he's he he could come off or not at the top of the order that doesn't matter because they've got the Rowett Coley axis and Rowett keeps doing exactly mm. what he always does which is hit fours and sixes in the power play he deliberately takes on Hazelwood in the same way that he deliberately took on Trent Bolt against New Zealand in the semi-final like we've talked about the selflessness of his approach he's like Hazelwood has to go and I know where he's going to pitch the ball so I'm going to start skipping down and smacking him off his length uh, and scoring quickly in the power play fine He's doing that. Um, he's got past 40, as he's done. Uh, you know, Maxwell's come on to bowl inside the power play, as he's done a bunch of times. Rowett goes four and six off him and then goes to the well once more in the over and sort of skews the, the thick outside edge that lobs up over cover. And Travis Head, I mean, the catch... It was even better live, I think. It, it, like sometimes the TV mm. pictures don't do justice to how good a catch is in terms of... Like it, because of that foreshortening thing, Tony Gregg Claxon, it actually provides a misleading account of how much ground they have to cover uh, and, and how much ground they cover sort of horizontally when they dive and that sort of thing. Travis Head's running back with the flight like Nick Rewald and then dives forward, gets his hands out in front of him, manages to cling on, like hits the turf hard. You could sense the impact, mm. right? Because the camera is usually higher than the player, so it doesn't give you that same sense of impact either. Bashes into the ground, hangs onto it. You know, terrific catch. 
Maxwell's major influence on the match is to knock off Rowett. And then you've got um, Shreyas Iyer, who's been making hundreds pretty easily in recent times, getting, you know, edging Cummins behind. But then you've got Coley and you've got Kale Rahul, and they're doing the fire blanket job that Kale Rahul does. And, yeah. and Coley's ticking along. He's smoked three boundaries and three balls off Stark and hit another in, his, in, in, his, in the next over. And he's just, OK, he goes, cool, we're three down. I'm going to start ticking singles, but I'm going to build up to 50 and then build up to 100 and Kale will bat with me and then we'll branch out as the innings goes on. That's the critical thing is that they get into what the 25th or 26th or whenever it is when, when Cummins comes back on and has that intervention. I just want to go back to the start with the fielding. It's exactly the same as it was against South Africa, Jeff. They were demons. They were demons inside the circle and outside the ring too. So Travis Head races in off the rope uh, to a ball that was miscued by Rowett deep backwards square. And he puts in the full diving effort. He ends up half volleying it. Doesn't quite get to the contest, but complete commitment to the course. He actually mm. whacked his broken finger um, when, when doing that. You could see for a moment, he's like, shit, have I broken it again, right? Complete commitment to the cause. Um, Warner, Zampa, they all played their role. Labashain as ever. Um, cutting off runs early on. It sets the tone. It's the one thing you can control. You see dedication in the field. At one point, Cummins cut one off in the first over. And I kind of like said to myself, you know, that's the standard, boys. I thought you, I think you would say if you're out in the field. That is the standard for us today in the captain leading. We the want it there. more than they but, do. We want it more than they do. Do they yeah. want it? They don't want it. They don't fucking want it. <laughs> they don't fucking want it. They don't fucking want it. But, you know, India India come back from, not come back from rather, they, they have the foot down. They make 80 runs inside the power mm -hmm. play. And I, like you, I'm thinking, gee, you know, big call from Cummins. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they've got Gil, but Rowett's... In the groove, and I we was know thinking how they are dead. I was like, Australia, they're dead. They have they've blown themselves up. What have yeah. they done? And then, and it takes this piece of fielding from Travis Head, which is in keeping with the theme that I mentioned before, throwing themselves around. That is the great World Cup catch for Australia, right? You know, again, I said earlier, it's the their finest moment in one day cricket ever. Um, that is the catch. Without that catch. I don't think anything else that happens mm. uh, in quite the same way, at least. 47 Shreya off 31 Zaya, at that point. Edging, He's 47 off 31, Rowan. He's yeah. blitzing them. Uh, uh, yeah, and just a psychological blow that that, that 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 has on India losing their captain when he was absolutely out of the blocks. And they go bang, bang, Australia. They get a wicket in the next over. Cummins, who used his bowler so well today, the way he rotated the attack, he had the Midas touch. I don't know how many times he brought a bowler on to take a wicket that next over. Well, that was the case when he gets a wicket in the 11th over. There was a moment inside the power play. Mitchell Stark got a genuine outside edge from Gill playing with hard hands across the body and it landed in front of first slip. Now, we know from Daniel Cherney's reporting last night from the ground that they were doing the tennis ball test at either end and the end that was getting more bounce, they rolled the shit out of it because they wanted to kill the pitch and make it as dead as possible, right? We, we know these sort of jiggery-pokery stuff was going on. And when that ball doesn't carry to first slip, and Rowett's bombing sixes 25 rows back. Mm -hmm. um, you're thinking, well, yeah, this has just got, you know, misfire. Uh, this has got blowing up in Cummins' face written all over it. Yet he's the one that finds Shreya Sire's edge in that channel that he's been bowling in for a decade. Cummins, you know, whether it's with the right, white ball, the red ball, he finds a way of just clearing the top of off, yep. had to play at it, through to Inglis. Uh, and that kind of gets them going. And then what you're describing there, that the, the fire blanket job from... Coley and K.O. Rahul. My impression was they just did it for a little bit too long. Mm. Coley started beautifully. The three boundaries in a row off Josh Hazelwood before he went off the field. That, that was glorious batting. Mm. I mean, they were stunningly timed drives, all three of them. And my, my sense was that, right, okay, Coley can go into second or third gear and, yep. and, and, and manage things if he needs to. But he can also bat. I mean, he's got India's fastest one-day hundred, remember. He can bat in a higher tempo yep. if he wants to. And this might be the day that he does that. But when K.O. Rahul joined him, I don't quite know why but they went 
for such a long stretch of time. They mm. added 80 runs in the first 10 overs, and I think it was 74 in the next 20. Um, I reckon they just David did it. They didn't. I, I just think they 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 didn't quite get that bit. Like that, they they took it too deep. They could have stopped the the cleanup job. 10 overs earlier and taken a few more risks and given themselves a chance. Yeah, they didn't hit a boundary between the, like, after the power play. The last one was the last ball of the power play that Shreyas, when Shreyas hits a four. And then they don't hit another one until about the 30th, well, no, 27th over, something like that. Um, It was a long, long period of time. I think there were two boundaries between the 11th and the 40th over, something like that. And, and Coley, you know, I can see why Coley went, okay, throttle it back. He was still ticking along at a runner ball just about with, with ones and the occasional two. He was like, cool. Um, I, I, I suspect he looked at that pitch uh, and, and because as soon as the ball wasn't quite as new, it was starting to stick in the surface. The Australians were bowling cutters. Yeah, there was, yeah. It was hard to time the ball. And I think Coley looked at it and said, OK, if we get 250 here um, and then you know our, our outside bet is 280, if we can push up to that, then we're going to be in a pretty comfortable position and we should be able to defend that and sort of bat it accordingly. And that's why it is, you know, Ravi Shastri impression against the run of play when he chops on to Cummins. But again, it's Cummins doing that middle overs enforcer job that Cummins has been doing which is unglamorous which requires a bit of sacrifice where he's not taking the new ball Mm. he's not hooping it he's not banging it on the seam and and jagging it away but he's rolling his fingers on it he's banging it into the pitch he's taking pace off the ball and he's making it sort of jump a little or skid a little and make things difficult through the middle he does that to Coley just that back of a length thing and Coley just straightish bat he's not playing a a Johnny Besto at it um, but he just that slight bit of angle to the bat and he chops it back onto his stumps and he stood there for like 30 seconds just looking at his stumps being like <laughs> how how did I do that that is not possible I'm Vera Colley I don't get out in World Cup finals for 54 thank you very much but that's what had happened mm. yeah and I mean there's this nice bit of commentary where um, Harsher I think it is says Coley gets to 50 and the stadium finds its voice I thought I'll take a note of that and then the silence in contrast mm-hmm. when he was dismissed I mean there's something very special about um, that many people being quiet at the same time. And we had that experience when Coley was, was bold. Very small error, right? We're talking about, you know, the, the smallest judgment yep. error from Coley. And that's the 29th over of the innings. And that is where, you know, the whole innings, the energy of it changes. I mean, K.O. Rahul yep. took 86 balls to reach his half century. He's a seriously talented stroke maker. But from all that consolidation... And this is the bit, yep. I reckon, where you see the true class of Cummins, Hazelwood and Stark. You know, Jadeja's elevated, so he's batting one spot up than what would have otherwise been ideal ahead of SKY because of the, the problems they're experiencing. Yep. The reverse swing from Hazelwood to Jadeja, exquisite. Stark does a very similar thing to K.O. Rahul from around the wicket. Magnificent skill. Then Hazelwood, the slower ball bounces to SKY that eventually drew the false stroke. That was the bit that meant that India couldn't get the 250 you're discussing. It was going to be, well, can they scrap to somewhere near that? They get 240, mm. but you know it was all three uh, pristine quicks. Yep. Australia have been able to bank on them for so long. They all played their role. Um, and this test attack, that we, it, we they, they've won a T20 World mm. Cup for Australia, and now they've won a one-day World Cup for Australia. They could retire tomorrow from the format. And look, maybe they should. Mm-hmm. Maybe they should. Maybe tomorrow morning, Pat Stark... And Hazelwood should wake up and go, fuck, that was brilliant. Um, it's four years from the next World Cup. The probability of us being around in one-day cricket then is slight. Let's give it away and let the next generation get as many one-dayers in as possible. And if they do, well played. Mm-hmm. What an amazing contribution they've made um, across two successful World Cups, one in 2015, now one eight years later, as experienced bowlers. And that was where they earned their money. 
when the ball was old and they were able to dig into their bag of tricks. Maybe they will, Marge. Maybe they will. Yeah, they, they, so they brought Jadeja up because they wanted Surya to come in later, you know, not, not, not so early in the piece. And Jadeja kind of did his job, which was just hang in there and support Kale Rahul for a while. He makes nine off 22. And then, yeah, look, he, he gets out um, whenever it is in the 36th over. And that's kind of just late enough for Surya Kumar to come in. But then when Rahul's out, I mean, that's a big part when Stark gets that edge from Kale Rahul because he mm. can bat into the last 10 and then start branching out and playing more shots, doesn't get the chance to do so. And because he's not there, Surya Kumar doesn't know what to do. He's like, do I attack? Do I not? I'm batting with the tail now. Shami plays a stupid shot, yeah. big swing and edges it behind. And then Surya Kumar is even less sure about what to do. And then Boomer's out, LBW. And, and you know, Surya Kumar doesn't fire a shot. He's 18 off 28 by the time he gloves that shorter ball behind um so he, he you know tries to play across the line and it's actually so slow that he's through the shot before the ball's even arrived and, and gloves it through you know and then siraj who's, who's nine not out and whacks it a little bit with cool deep who makes 10 got them up to 240 you know thought that's competitive um and it looked like it would be for a while just a word for adam zampa you know one for 44 from his 10 gets that leg before dismissal in his final over you know Economy rate of 4.4. Uh, Marsh and Head between them both four overs and conceded nine runs. And Maxwell copped, a, copped some tap early on in the power play, but ends up with one for 35 from six. They've played a great role in tandem. The slower bowlers plus Mitchell Marsh, in mm-hmm. other words, the non-big three. Um, and Zampa, who you know started the tournament poorly, finishes with 23 wickets. It felt appropriate that it'd be a leg before wicket dismissal with a slider that went on with the arm and it was misread and so on. So, you know, that is the, the last piece, right? Because they've opened up an end. Mm-hmm. Surya Kumar is trying to manage to strike. At one stage, he declined a single to try and get as much strike as possible. And then Hazelwood gets him and, yep. and the game changes yet, yet again. But the point here is, is that they've done the hard work in the middle overs so that India didn't have the ability to exploit in the back 10. Yep. Uh, and then, look, at that, the, the resumption, you know, the second innings, I was outside for a bit of those first few overs. My God, it was loud. Like, it was incredible. <laughs> I, I can't describe the the sensation of feeling all of that sound you know David Warner first up edges it between the two slips for four everybody is sort of howling in dismay heads in hands all this kind of stuff in the stands watching on um crazy first over was it was it 12 off the first over or 16 off Boomerah 15 15 15 yeah Travis Head whacking it through the covers you know uh, Warner with the, the 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 lucky edge that goes for four um and then yeah Warner weird sort of shot throws the bat at a very wide one from Shammy which goes through to slip uh, and he's he's out for seven Mitchell Marsh bashes a few I mean Jesus that sort of straight drive that he hit down the ground when he when he hits that straight six is incredible and then he plays that cut shot bottom edges it he's out for 15 Steve Smith LBW wasn't out because it was outside the line but didn't review it looked pretty out would have felt out hit him sort of on the back leg it looked like as it cut in he's out for four um they're they're three down with 47 on the board and i was like okay well they're gone here because because everything all the conditions are there they've opened up they've got through the top three the spinners will bowl to the middle order and they're really going to struggle but the the noise man i can't i can't describe to you it was absolutely frenetic out there like I could feel my body shaking from the sound and that's when Labashane walks in and that's what he has to withstand and at that point Travis Head's scratching around he's like 10 off 15 I think and India have been yep. wayward they've given away heaps of extras as well wides like set, set of five wides um, 15 of the first 51 runs were extras 
donated by the Indian bowlers. So, you know, they could have had Australia in even more of a right. vice grip if they hadn't been so wayward there. But it just felt like that is, this is more than enough. They are right on top and they're going to wrestle Australia from here. And everything you said then happened inside seven overs. Yeah. I, I um, rocked up at a, I, I went to um, our final word listener event today in London and I showed up and I missed the first few overs of the chase. I was on the tube and you know, didn't have access to my phone. Uh, they're like, yeah, um, Australia have uh, lost a wicket. They're going at uh, 11 and over. They've been a five wides. Warner's made seven from three. Mitch Marsh at his first ball. I'm like, hang on, just, whoa, 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 what's going on here? <laughs> like, it was chaos. Yeah. Um, and I think in hindsight, um, they did well to get that early dent because had they not been going at sort of five or six and over when losing those wickets, mm. it might have been a bit like South Africa yep. when they were batting in the semi final where they were losing wickets and had no runs and suddenly got to play catch up. They were ahead of the required rate. So at least they had that going for them which enabled Labashain to play the role he needed to play when Smith wasn't able to yep. in his brief innings. Uh, and they were able to get through to the spinners, which happened pretty early. Jadeja's first over was bang on the money. They absorb a couple of maidens, absorb a bit of pressure. Yep. Travis Head plays in a more conservative test match style model with the new balls moving around and, and so on. But um, yeah, the, the, <laughs> you know, the marsh under edge, the amount of noise it sounded like through the telly when Coley went charging down the pitch, the Smith leg before appeal when the finger went up. I mean, that, that was um, that was heavy-duty stuff. Yeah. It would have been a brilliant thing to have experienced firsthand. And, yeah, and, and then um, it, it's when, you know, Head joins uh, head joins Labashane, the two men we haven't spoken about yet in depth, but the two guys who went on to be the match winners. Well, and, and it's, it's this thing that I've said before, and I've said it during the Ashes, you know, Travis Head plays impossible innings. He, You shouldn't be able to play the way that he plays and have it work. It just shouldn't work. No one else can do it. No one else can be that consistently aggressive. And he kind of, like I said, he, he was he was 10 from 21, I think, at some point. He did take a beat after those wickets fell, mm, mm. took a few deep breaths, looked around, and then he went, OK, cool, it's time to start hitting boundaries again. And he selectively, but consistently, went after... A bit of the bowling, not all of it, um, but he starts, you know, he takes on the quicks here and there. He lashes a couple of those cut shots. He plays that um, those sort of on drives and off drives down the ground and he pulls out the slog sweep a couple of times to the spinners, hits that massive six over the leg side. And and in the meantime, Labashain's just, just blocking up an end, dotting it up here and there, starts ticking over singles, lifts his strike rate. At one point, his strike rate's about 30, and then he gets it up to low 50s, and he keeps it around about that point. And that's enough, because Head's scoring quickly enough at the other end that Labashain can go with him. And they're able to ride out, especially that first moment, that first sort of 10, 15, 20 minutes when India are right on top. Um, get things to settle a bit, get a little bit of the dew to come into play um, and neutralise the spinners to an extent. And again, I mean, I can't express how surprised I am that Jadeja and Kuldeep got through 20 overs and didn't take a wicket between them. Yeah, with Jadeja being such a problem for Australia over the years, you need someone at that point with a great technique against spin. That's what Labashain's got. Like, I think 50 over cricket's so misunderstood when uh, people reduce it to a, well, it's a long long T20, let's make it a 40-over format rather than the 50-over format. The beauty of it being a 50-over format is you have to, from time to time, um, wind it way back and preserve your wicket. The 10 wickets has more relevance than it does in a, in a T20 game because the game's longer, of course. And at that point, wickets were the only number on the board that mattered for Australia, and, and Labashain was perfect for it. Just to come back to the um, to the uh, the Travis Head performance here, right? he was player of the match in the World Test Championship yep. final. Uh, player of the Ashes a couple of years ago in, in 21-22 in the Void Series. Uh, played some exhilarating innings uh, in England through the, the course of the Australian winter. Um, and 
that's the bit where you earn your money. Yep. He is a match winner. You know, he, he, this is the reason why they, they took the bold call of keeping him in the World Cup squad despite having a broken finger. Yep. The easy and perhaps logical thing to do at that point is to say, bad luck, Trav, you're missing out instead. And remember, they lost their first two games. Mm. Um, and they were a bit light on with personnel. I remember, Jeff, you said they, they should have had a second spinner out there, and that wasn't an unreasonable perspective at the time. And I know that Head wasn't necessarily in that spot, but yep. still, the, the idea that there was this underutilised resource sitting back home in Australia waiting to come over, which to an extent was true. But talk about earning his money. You know, this was the guy who was out of the one-day setup altogether the yep. last time they played a 50-over World Cup in 2019. Had to average 70 for South Australia to get back in the side. Made two double hundreds developed his white ball game, mm-hmm. uh, and this is where it all pays off. And, you know, he's a lovely guy, uh, and he's a vulnerable guy at times. You know, we've spoken about it on the podcast in, in the past where he often feels like he is the guy who is the full guy for any bad performance. He's been dropped a number of times from the test team. He's He said uh, on the public record that he's thought his international career might have, might have stopped by now. Instead, he's Australia's most important player. And the way that he took on... Um, the end of the chase was so impressive when he was hitting the first ball of overs for six because he knew that was the best way to ensure there was going to be no late twist. They weren't going to take take this deep. He was going to finish it in a hurry and trust his magnificent swing and hit the ball over cow corner a number of times, cool deep. Judasia, who's had the wood over Australia forever. We spoke about that on the previous show. I think he did the boomer as well. Um, certainly Siraj, just on that, by the way. Well, you know, I wanted India to ask you about Siraj that. for the whole tournament. Yeah, I, and, then they, and then they lose their nerve. This, they lose, you know, make, making a change to a winning formula in a World Cup final. I know Shami was outstanding against mm-hmm. New Zealand, but he's done all of that great work from first change. And they changed up today. This, uh, and Siraj wasn't a factor as a consequence. This is the thing, right? So they don't pick Ashwin because they keep Siraj and they want to keep the same team. Fine. And then Rohit, I imagine it was a, a move of aggression, of saying, okay, well, Shami's been bowling really well, so let's give him a go. And he gets Warner. And it's not with a good delivery, but he gets him, so it works to some extent. But what that does is throws Siraj out. He was, And, and he's a kind of emotional dude, so he was kicking dirt and, and yeah. looking sulky and sort of drifting around the outfield. Didn't bowl until the 16th over. Ended up bowling, what, four overs, I think, in the innings. Wasn't turned to mm-hmm. later. So they just neutralised an asset there, wasted that asset. But he doesn't... So, so Shami was getting the ball to swing a bit, and it wasn't actually helping him because it was going all over the place. He doesn't need swing. Yep. Siraj needs swing, or, you know, he, but he's yeah, exactly, Siraj, exactly right. Siraj yep. gets the ball to move through the air, and that's a weapon for him. Shami wants it to come down with the seam bolt upright, and that's why he's good first change coming on in the seventh or eighth over. So, mm-hmm. it, it, yeah, it it felt like they disrupted what they were doing, and if they were going to disrupt that, if he was going to open the bowling, they should have picked the extra spinner um, who might have been able to do something. Who knows what. Ashwin with his smarts might have been able to do even though the, the surface and the conditions weren't helping spinners. So it, it just felt like that was India ceding control in some way. Yeah, and look they, they created half chances I mean, Travis Head's inside edge got a fair workout. Oh yeah. Uh, that'll happen you know, if, you, if you are going to play in innings like that. Yeah, he, he, he wrote his luck he said as much in his post-game interview um, but you know, he moved from 89 to 99 in three deliveries and then gets, <laughs> then he takes on Judasia um, you don't take yeah. on Judasia inside the circle to move to 100. He was gone. Had he hit, there yeah. might have been time for a, even a late twist then. Would have been possible that that could have been, you know, run out 99 and India get one last chance, but yeah. that, that doesn't play out. Um, and, and, you know, just to come back to Labashain here, what an incredible story his World Cup is. Not in the 18, 
nowhere near the 15, meant to be captaining Australia A in New Zealand, called up and placed 19 one-dayers for Australia in a row from the point where he was left out of the squad. 19 in a row. And I actually think his innings today was incredibly selfless. I think that the more I've considered the Labuschagne spot in this side, he's the guy who can put in the spade work and absorb pressure. And that means your strike rate looks worse on paper when you're doing the sort of Smith versus Labuschagne pieces we both did um, in the build-up to the elimination stage of this tournament. You go, well, you know, their strike rates aren't good enough. Mm. They're batting too slowly. In the case of Labuschagne, it's often been because he's playing a role at an important time when times are tough at four or five. And so it was again today. But he didn't know. You wouldn't have heard this, Jeff, because you were on radio at the time. It took till 10 past 10 last night to find out he was officially in the team. You know, he thought he might have been overlooked for Marcus Stoinis. Pat Cummins left the door open to that in the press conference yesterday. But yeah, it was the epitome of batting in partnerships where in the same way Cummins, you know, <laughs> joked about ruining his strike rate when playing against Afghanistan with Maxwell. It doesn't look flattering mm. for uh, Labuschagne that he struck at 52, but it's his technique. And this yep. is where having... Um, excellent test match batters available for one day cricket. You, you need a mixture. Mm. It isn't just having all of one type. You've had 11 Glenn Maxwells or seven Glenn Maxwells in the top seven. It wouldn't work. You need the, the Labuschagne types to balance out the extravagant players that bat at a higher tempo. And, you know, Labuschagne, we talked about the fast bowlers earning their money today. Um, he earned his as well. He was just as important in all of that as head, I reckon. And, um, to his immense credit uh, that, you know, he's found a way to stay in this side mm. uh, and, and and be all the way through to the end and be there for the winning runs. Yep. Travis head out right at the end, smacks one to the deep and he's caught and Maxwell comes in and finishes it off with a, a two that he described as an ugly, dragged, under edge, you know, like most of my shots, etc. <laughs> it was fine. It was fine. <laughs> I wonder... Like, what does it mean for India? Because this is this is now a real like India in knockouts. I know it's been a theme for a while, but yeah, 2015 semi final, lose the Champions Trophy final yeah. in 17, 2019 lose the semi final, T20 World Cup semi against England in Adelaide, uh, the last time that happened, and this is the one that they're definitely supposed to win, right? Like everything's in their favour, all preconditions are set for India to win. They've got the drone light show showing a map of India in the sky that happened after the, uh, you know, during after the presentations, which which probably wasn't meant for Australia to be there, and. They've dropped this one. I mean, you could have... Like, I still think you could have played this game 10 times and India would have won nine of them. This is just the one that went the mm, other way. Mm. But it's now a problem. Like, this, it probably wasn't genuinely a monkey on the back before because you could find reasons why previous ones had not gone their way. But this, I mean, this is going to... Like, I watched them, you know, I was, I was five metres away from their, the gate going up to their room watching them walk off. They are shattered. Like, they, they are absolutely... Mm. That group of players is so flat, so empty, because this was not supposed to be this way. Well, it's a hoodoo. It's a hoodoo now, I reckon, for India. It's been that long. Uh, you know, it, it, for a side as good as them with expectations as high as they are. I mean, when the Winviz was at 90% Australia, Rohit Sharma went up to Kohli and they had this kind of furious conversation, not furious at each other, but, you know, the kind of chat you have with two senior players knowing that that might be it for them for one day cricket and the opportunity to win a World Cup. I know Rohit's a fraction older than, than Kohli, but. There are any number of things that can happen in your late 30s to end your career earlier than you might like. And to think that those two giants of Indian cricket may not end up... I know in the case of Kohli, he won in 2011, but in his prime, having had all these missed opportunities. Mm. Um, Boomerah whacked the bales off at one point at the non-strikers end in frustration. Boomerah's a great. Mm. Um, he's probably the best bowler in the world. Um, he doesn't get to walk away with a winner's medal today. Um, the crowd was silent 
um, so often during that chase that I mean there'll be Spooky. a million gifts made of, of Indian fans who are just who are just in despair. That the loudest cheer after the three wickets in the first seven overs, the loudest cheer was when they chucked Modi's face on the screen and did a welcome to him on the broadcast. That's as loud as the crowd got. I mean, you were there, but it felt like mm. all the energy was sucked out of the yep. place uh, because they know, they're aware that this is a massive fumble. They have fluffed their lines. Mm. Um, and Australia have contributed to that. They play brilliant cricket all the way through the tournament. Cummins has said, we're yet to play our perfect game where we've fallen short in different facets. And I know the top order... They lose three wickets early on. But aside from that, this is the perfect game. And they saved it for the, the perfect moment. So India being on the receiving hand, the receiving end of it uh, and what this will do uh, psychologically to them. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a huge deal. I agree. I think it's time for the final word, Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame where we pick our most final word moments of the day. I mean, the noise to silence ratio that you spoke about, that was so eerie. Like, I, I was going outside as much as I could just to get the sense of what was happening um, in, in between uh, other bits with, with work. But the noise at the start and then just the silence towards the end, it was like being at a county cricket ground on a Thursday afternoon you know, <laughs> d- during a four-day game. It was, it was extraordinary. There was a little bit of murmur, a little bit of chatter, a little bit of... And and that was it. I mean, there were so many just silent staring faces. Um, you know, people had started clearing out well before the end. There were a few bays yeah. who stayed around to watch the presentations, you know, and respect to them for that. Um, everybody else cleared out. It, it, was, it was an extraordinary anticlimax for almost everybody who came along today. Yeah, I, I want to know what all the cry more types are doing right now. Like those who have been so aggressive on social media, they must be having a, a terrible night. Jeff, I should note that our final word Hall of Fame is brought to you by Westfield London and Westfield Stratford City. Uh, for the final time, let me read the copy. Um, this was titled, If Australia Win. I really didn't think I'd be reading this, but here we are. What makes a perfect festive season? Magical experiences with family and friends. The gift that everyone on your list never knew they always wanted at chowing down on leftovers while watching the boxing day test in your undies whatever your ideal christmas looks like you'll find it at westfield london and westfield stratford city at this point you've heard about the varying quantities of extra and ordinary you've heard about the wonka themed ice rink and the largest christmas tree known to man you know you can pick up a couch go rock climbing give blood all within the same radius of a well-struck mitchell marsh six and you even know that for Indian, for good Indian food, guaranteed not to disappoint, you can visit Copper Chimney and the Bindus Eatery, which we've done, Jeff, at Westfield London. What else is there left to say other than for a near-perfect one-day experience, visit <laughs> Westfield London and Westfield Stratford City. Before I get into my real Hall of Fame nominations, by the way, a huge thank you to Westfield for letting us make the show the way we want to make the show. They um, have been huge supporters of us through 2023 with the... English Summer, World Test Championship, Ashes and so on, Women's Ashes, and now over the last seven weeks during the World Cup with them. So um, a, a, a nod to Westfield for being a brilliant partner and hopefully we can work again with them uh, soon. Uh, any other nominations for you, Jim? Other nominations? Um, look, I, th- I think you've probably been writing them down. I was just watching the game and, be and being, <laughs> being astounded by most, most things that happened. Okay, well, let's let's run through a few. I, I, well, I was pleased to see the Prime Minister presented the trophy. The uh, the official guide said that yeah, he fair would play. do so unless fair there play. were technical un, reasons, un, un, yeah. unforeseen unforeseen operational yes. issues was the was the the quote that I wrote That's down. Right. But um, he was there, so fair play with Richard Miles. I know Miles pretty well, and um, the Australian Deputy PM, who is a 
a rabid sports fan and cricket fan. I've been to the Boxing Day Test with him many years ago. Mm -hmm. He would have bloody loved that. And obviously the, the two uh, political figures were on the stage for far longer than they probably should have been. At least Damien Martin wasn't there to shove mm -hmm. them off the stage like he did in the Champions Trophy all those years ago. Um, uh, nobody at the drone show, Jeff. The whole post show that was built up as this extraordinary thing down to the fact that there was a blue champion sign at the end which was the end of the drone show which you know there was that, that isn't a blue uh that wasn't in blue because you know there's blue in the australian flag yep. believe you me that was meant to be capping this wonderful thing um the attendance ninety two thousand four hundred and fifty three, mm. and jeff the attendance in the 2015 world cup final at the Melbourne Cricket Ground, 93,013. So um, for those who got very cross during the week saying that Ahmedabad may not be as big as the MCG, the attendance was bigger at the G uh, at that World Cup. So this wasn't the biggest <laughs> attended World Cup final, contrary to what we heard this morning at the toss. Uh, and I've uh, got here a nomination from Jake Schmidt saying that K.O. Rahul was wicket-keeping uh, without his helmet strapped on when he was up to the stumps as a tribute to Angelo Matthews. So a nice throwback <laughs> to the group stage there. And one of the more controversial moments of the tournament. Strapless. So that has been the Hall of Fame. For the last time, Westfield London, Westfield Stratford City, more extra, less ordinary. And Jeff, that's where we uh, start to wind things down. We've, yeah. we've got a lot more to come um, on the pod, on the feed. I mean, I'm back in Australia in a couple of days. You are as well. We'll do a World Cup wash-up tomorrow. We might name a team of the tournament. There's some other interesting things. You've been picking up some interviews um, on the side of the ground. I saw you were giving Glenn Maxwell a big hug uh, down there before, so that we'll, we'll try and fold that into our wrap-up show tomorrow, uh, then where we're business as usual. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it's been an extraordinarily busy time for the final word. We've been building up to this all year, uh, and we're at the other end of it. None of that's possible without the people who support us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the final word. Lovely to see some of our patrons today for all the people who listen and correspond with us in the comments on youtube we do read them all mm -hmm. um social media responses and all the rest that's what makes the world go around these days and we couldn't be more grateful to our dedicated and loyal audience yep i got an, an interview with mitchell stark and one with glenn maxwell um, boundary line just after the game so you know obviously nice. full of uh, f full of happiness and um, happy to, to talk more freely than they might at some other times. So we'll <laughs> drop that into the, the show tomorrow. And look, a big yep. thanks to, to India for having me the last six, seven weeks. It's been an absolutely wild experience bouncing around all over this place. Um, people have been hugely welcoming wherever we've gone. The hospitality has been incredible. And, you know, I feel very, very lucky to have been able to do this over the last few weeks and keep making the show from all these different places. Um, you know, thanks to some of the staff at the ICC for helping to make that possible and, and to, to everybody whose enthusiasm for the game here makes it uh, such a huge part of the cricket world. Yeah, and just on that, like we're often very critical of the BCCI and administrative arrangements in India. It's not about the country. It's about what's going on and it's our job to say what we see and it's our job to report accordingly. And those who've been listening to the show for a longer time will know we're just as critical of the Australian um, the cricket administrators and in England and, and all the rest of it. It's just that um, the, the World Cup is in India and thus there'll be more scrutiny directed at India during the World Cup. Mm. That's the way these things work. But it's not a reflection on the country at large. Um, to all of our co-hosts that um, that have worked with you and me, especially Cam Ponsonby, who's done probably 10 or 15 shows or something like that mm -hmm. and edited everything on social media. He's an absolute gun, young gun journo. So uh, if you're uh, in the freelance market and want a great writer, well, you'll know that Cam Ponsonby will be happily taking your commission. Uh, our editor back in Melbourne, Dave Collins, and our wider team who work with us on The Final Word. It's, it's a team effort. It always is. Um, and I think that's just about it, unless I've missed anything, Jeff. It's... Uh, 
like I say, that we can't stop and we won't stop. It's yep. the final word, so we'll be recording again tomorrow, but this is the end of something too. This is. Um, I, lastly, just thanks to everyone who's listened in and watched over the last few weeks, especially the absolute lunatics who have done combat listening, which means they have to listen to every show before <laughs> the next show is released. There are remarkably some people still alive in the game um, up until tonight, so let's hope they all made it to the finish line. And everyone who's watched on video and, and had a chat and left us a, a comment for good or ill, uh, it's, it's, it's great to have you part of it one way or another um thanks for being with us through the world cup it has been the final word world cup daily that's it we'll see you soon it's been brilliant australia world champions i still can't quite believe it i ain't protected by the way fenced in my future questions my current senses that'll be the same we've been doing for centuries sorry if i ran out to empty wrote this so you know what i meant here i had to go about it write it out and